0: Hi, I'm Eric Galindo, Training Director for the FSI Training School. For individuals and businesses, we offer certification courses in CPR
1: and first aid through the American Heart Association. And also the Vehicle Safety Inspector Course for the Texas Department of Public Safety. Courses are available every week for your convenience. Call me, Eric, at 210-314-2615. That's 210-314-2615 what makes rose cleaners the best in dry cleaning they
0: do my laundry the way i like it the wonderful customer service personal quality i have some things i like done with my clothes that i ask
2: for and it's always done
0: they do good work i just love rose cleaners very excellent customer service and uh they've made me very happy since i've been here they've got friendly employees when you
3: walk
1: in and um they haven't lost any of my clothes in 19 years rose cleaners serving san antonio for over 20 years what makes rose cleaners the best in dry cleaners? welcome to the bible live quiz hour it's time to test and grow your knowledge of the bible have fun and win valuable prizes and resources for yourself your family your church or favorite ministry here's how it works Listen to the Bible Live Scripture reading program. Weeknights at 8. Not a program about the Bible, the Bible itself. Hear a 15 to 20 minute reading each weeknight. The entire Bible every year. Then on Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. So people ask questions from the past week's Bible Live readings. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live Your Apache Indian Scout through the Book of Books, Sophie
2: Dollar. So happy to be with you tonight. Thank you for joining us for the Bible Live Quiz Show. We're having some changes, a little bit of a transition. Uh, what do you call it? Transition blues or something like that, a little challenge uh, these days. But don't worry, folks. We're going to get right back on top of it, we'll get these things straightened out. As you know, we're not doing the Bible reading program Monday through Friday now. We are going to transition the Bible reading, which is extremely important to us. Uh, we're going to transition that to our um, to the internet. So we're going to have you go to thebiblelive.com dot com or biblelive.com. dot com, and if you'd like to hear a good, clear, flawless reading of the scriptures from beginning to end every year, we're going to make that available to you at biblelive dot com, and you can go through the same reading schedule we've had for 14 years now. Uh, this past week we read. The book of Genesis, chapters 1 through 21. It started brand new year, a brand new Bible reading year, and so we'll have those posted for you. Now, we're not there yet. We've got a transition, and um, what's the word I'm trying to say? We've got to um, convert a lot of programs to MP3, to put them on YouTube and iTunes, and make it, we've got some technical things to take care of, but that's what we're working toward so that you'll be able to go to the website and hear the readings every week if you'd like, hear the the Bible. Or of course you can always read it yourself in your own word, in your in your own Bible. Uh but we want to make that available. Or of course you can always uh request the Bible live C D set and have your own uh own Bible, uh, audio Bible, the New Living Translation all the way through the scriptures and and follow with us that way. But continued all of us together, going through the scriptures every year. And then here on the weekend, of course, we'll continue with the quiz show, a chance to talk about those passages that we've read, that we've looked at the week before. And like I said, this week it's Genesis chapter 1 through 21. It's the beginning of a brand new Bible reading year for us. And uh, chapters one through five of the Psalms, And you may be saying, oh, "Who are you talking about, Sope? You got a frog in your pocket." Uh, this us and we and talk. Uh, well, I'm happy to announce that Jim, uh, that Jacob, is back in the saddle with us here. Uh, taking a time off, we've talked about uh, what Jacob was doing. He's been uh, he's working on this book. Is that book ever going to get finished, Jacob? or are we?
0: Yes. Can you hear me okay?
2: I don't hear you. We're going to have to pump you up a little bit.
0: Uh, well, I can do that quite easily. Do can, that. Can you hear me now? Perfectly, yes. Uh, yeah. I'm doing the final revision right now. Excellent. So, uh, By the way, tell hi. You, tell us about that. By the way, Jacob, tell us about that project you've been working on. Uh, I have been interpreting the Gospels from a Hebrew-Jewish point of view. And so it's it's a different take, of course, but if a, let's say a Jewish person picked it up and didn't have the benefit of, say, Soapy Dollar or some very knowledgeable preacher, somebody to tell them what things were meaning, and they read it, they would read it with a certain interpretation and a certain understanding. So I'm basically doing that, and as far as I know, that has not really been done previously. Well, I'm really thrilled, and I know our listeners
2: will be excited about that and look forward to when that, when that document, when that book will be made available uh, because at the same time you say from the Hebrew or the Jewish perspective that that's not been done before. We, as Gentile believers, those of us who pick up our Bible and read that New Testament, uh, most of the time we're reading it in our English language. And of course it has passed from uh, if you, you're talking about the Old Testament the Hebrew scriptures it's passed from Hebrew to probably maybe to Greek and then probably been translated into uh, our, our you know English or German or French or whatever languages we speak and so on and even there sometimes it's gone through a number of revisions like you have uh, new you know the new living translation you have the all the different translations that we have available to us today so the text has made its way through a number of translations, revisions, changes all all, I think, with good faith, uh, ultimately intended to present to us the clearest, best translation and the clearest and best presentation of what was said in the original languages i I'm, I'm going to give the translators and people the benefit of the doubt that they are trying to give us the very the clearest and best Understanding of this book, the Bible, uh, that they can. Uh, Are you convinced of that
0: too, Jacob? Oh, absolutely. I think the Bibles that the English speaking world have now are probably the best that has ever been. I I agree. I think that there's
2: been a lot of work and, and, of course, a lot of discoveries, you know, the Dead Sea Scrolls and others. And so there's been, and we're applying a lot of the latest technologies and information, a lot of the best processes now to getting uh that clarity, that, that clear presentation. Of what did what what did that old book say? What what does it say? And I think you're right. We have uh, we have we're just extremely close now to a very, very very good. Now even with that though, every language has its nuances, every language has its uh, language is a strange, fascinating, wonderful thing, but uh I, as one who has I've been in love with languages, I guess, most of my uh, adult life and and learned learned one uh, well, fluently, and uh, have a smattering of probably five or six or seven even that that I've learned over the years traveling in different countries and being involved in ministry in those lands. And language is one of the most fascinating, um, I, I think one of the most fascinating aspects of human experience. Uh, to, to delve into, uh, to wonder at, because it goes to the very core of who we are as individuals. We, we, it's a fundamental level of expression. But anyway, there you have it. Uh, we're, we're going to continue. Jacob is on board tonight. You can call in and, and uh, visit with him and, of course, with me, Sophie Dollar, to talk about these passages, Genesis chapters 1 through
0: 21, or any passage you'd like to talk about. And Maybe. actually, yeah. if, if we might, uh, may I suggest, there's a few things. you got some great questions here, and i selected a few of your questions. Good. But uh, also, I, I would like and I hope would hope that I know there's basketball, football, something, baseball going on tonight. And... Uh, so, but I would like to, as we go through this, maybe at the beginning of Genesis, give what I would call the traditional Jewish understanding of some passages that may be, uh, palatable and maybe unusual to people who have never heard them before. But I think Genesis has some Excellent. really nice things to get started with. And, and we, you know, the Jews wrote it, and they had certain understandings when they wrote it, and uh, so they used phrases like, in our culture, we might say, it's raining cats and dogs, you know, <laughs> uh, or, you know, if, if humankind goes away and other people come to this plant and they find uh, a Coca-Cola cap, they'll think we worship but God called Coke, you know. Yeah but uh but some so, do and some do <laughs> uh, and so but there's some va- verses all, f- all forms of coke we might yeah. mention right and, uh, and but there's v- verses in here that have certain meanings Yum. that are very helpful i think in the beginning of genesis yeah. there's some things that could help us i think get off to a little different start y- yes uh, exactly and from a from a biblical
2: world view point of view the the fundamentals are all laid down here in the book of Genesis. I mean, the foundation of of uh, what we believe is reality—the reality of human existence and experience. The foundation of that is laid here in the book of Genesis, in the the first couple, uh, in the in, in the the first sin, uh, the, God's response to that sin. I mean, we're going to see it all, and we're going to see the principles that guide us and that we live with today in our world. Those same principles now that we see laid out and, and begun here in the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings, we might as well say right off the bat, we're going to see those principles. And it's important that we understand them, that we understand what God has done. Uh, John came in tonight, and talking. and Jacob and I were talking a little bit about tonight's program, what we're going to be doing, and John said, you know, I got a question. Somebody asked, I don't know if you said, John, somebody asked on the air or if, Oh, on Facebook, a Facebook question about things going on in our world today, This uh, all of this murdering and all of this killing over in Paris and and uh, the, the terrorism that's taking place, uh, really, that we've learned to live with these days. It's almost become more commonplace uh, than we would ever want it to be. And wondering, well, someone was saying, well, why? Someone would say, pray for Paris. And someone said, well, why didn't you pray and ask God to stop it Why didn't he just stop it from happening in the first place? Yeah, why would you pray to someone who didn't stop it in the first place? And thinking, you know, God's guilty of this. It's his fault. He shouldn't have made people able to do that. Of course, all of
0: that goes back to these chapters. Of the book of and Genesis, and that's absolutely true, and that's why I was kind of wanting to go through some of this stuff did. because, in, from the Jewish frame of mind, there's some explanations in there, like John just said, and he was talking to, to us through the headphones, saying and repeating the question about uh, about Paris. I didn't even know there was a God named Paris, <laughs> but at any rate, but you know, some well, of this stuff is attempted to be explained, and actually, you know, the Hebrew Bible has what they call portions, or in Hebrew, parashas, And actually, Genesis 1-1, that portion is intended to be read through Genesis 6-9. So if you read chapter 1 and 2, you're not getting what they intended to be read at one time, one setting, one complete understanding. So it actually goes 1-1 to 6-9. That takes us up through Noah. Now, if you do that, you'll find the most interesting thing in comparison to the act of creation, and in chapter 2, and something in Genesis, chapter 6, where everybody knows about that Nephilim business. But it is fascinating, and I think it may go a long way towards answering the question that John was bringing up. Why would you pray to a God like that? That would allow these things to happen. Well, we can take your questions,
2: your comments, your insights and thoughts as well tonight, 340 ninety five eighty five that's the bible live quiz show number three four zero nine five eight five you're invited to call in anytime if you're dialing long distance from across the u s somewhere and you'd like to give us a call right now we're using the eight seven seven that makes it toll free a toll- free number eight seven seven six thirty. 5757. You can call us on that number from anywhere in the continental United States. Toll free and would be able to get you on the air as well. If you're listening via the internet, that would be especially relevant for you. 3409585. That's the local line. Here are three questions from the Psalms, chapters one through five that are focus of this past week. Psalms, chapters one through five. Here are three questions and then Jacob is going to give you some questions from Our opening chapters of the book of Genesis. And we'll get started tonight with the quiz show. From Psalm chapter 1, verse 2. Psalm chapter 1, verse 2. Godly people, people who love God and are seeking God and desire him in their life and uh, to walk with God. Godly people think about or meditate day and night on what? Godly people think about or meditate day and night on what chapter 1 verse 2 of the psalms and then those who seek to understand and follow god's will those who seek to understand and follow god's will are like a healthy fruit-bearing plant a healthy fruit-bearing tree I'm sorry planted where those who seek to understand and follow, follow god's will are like a healthy fruit-bearing tree planted where? That's found in Psalm 1, verse 3. And I, I know we've made reference to that in years past, Jacob, that the Bible has this view of humanity in that way. Uh, there was a New Testament reference we made to that, one of the miracles that uh, Jesus performed there in the New Testament kind of relates to this question tonight. And then finally, this question from Psalm, well, I don't guess it's from any one of the Psalms individually. I just thought it might be interesting since since it's going to be a prominent theme as we work our our way through the Bible for this 15th time, this 15th year. What does the word Christ mean? I always talk to the basic trainees out at Lackland Air Force Base, and we teach uh, the, the religious education courses for these Guys, it's just an incredible privilege. But quite often, you know, I have to clarify for them and let them know that Christ is not Jesus' last name. You know, like you know, Larry Jacobson or Tim Jenkins, you know, Jesus Christ. Uh, Christ actually is more of a title. And so I'm asking you tonight, what does the word Christ mean, as we see it in the scripture, and you'll be able to call in and answer any of these questions and these that Jacob is going to present from the book of Genesis, just give us a call at 340-9585. Take it away,
0: Jacob. Okay. Uh, From your list of questions, I picked uh, number, first one, I picked your number one. That's a good place to start, isn't it? And the question is, what does the word Genesis mean? Okay, now that's interesting. That's so, basic, what does it mean? Pretty basic. But let me tell you about the birds and bees. Now, I want to tell you something hmm. else when we get you that. Let me tell you
2: about the birds.
0: Uh-huh. And then I picture number two. What day was the f- was created on the first day? And if I might add, a little. A uh, bonus point here. What well, was created on the first day? Of course, they're going to have to have the Bibles to answer some of these questions, and that's okay. We really work with everybody. Chapter one, verse three. Right. Uh, chapter one, verse three. But well, what day, if I might also? So we know it was created on the first day, and God said it was good, right? Uh huh. Okay, so He said, "How come He had to say it was good?" He created it to be good, I guess. Well. What day? Isn't there one day? There's only one That's day. That's what I was going to suggest. Is it really?
2: No, just,
0: okay. I was going to suggest, what day did God not say was good? Oh, my lens. Okay. And everybody knows this, I'm sure. And don't worry, we're going to help you get through. What day did God not say it was good? Now, the other one is, I'd like to go down to year number 14, which reads, What made Cain... So angry that he killed his brother Abel. And I, when we get to that question, <laughs> okay. I want to share what a sentence means right after that. Okay. Because uh, if you take the punctuation out, it clears up a lot of things.
2: What made Cain so
0: angry that he killed his brother Abel? All right. Wow. Chapter 4, verse 5. Right. And then uh, you're 18. Number 18. All right. It says... What two kinds of birds did Noah use to determine if the floodwaters had receded enough to leave the ark? How come he just couldn't look out the window? Anyway, he used two birds. <laughs> what? What is it trying to have us understand about two birds?
2: Yeah, why did he just look out? Why is that question never occurred to me? Um, I... I, I th- I think I kind of know a little part of an answer there, but we'll let our listeners tune in, uh, okay. uh, chime in on they that. They could
0: find the answer in 6, 8, and 9. Six. Chapter 6, 8 through 9? I apologize. That is not correct. That's Chapter 8, 6 through 12. Okay, that's what I thought. Chapter 8, 6 through 12. Uh, I you, think, uh, w- is that enough to get started? What two? Yeah. What two
2: kinds of birds did Noah use to determine if the floodwaters had receded enough for him and his family, and of course the other animals on the ark, to leave that sanctuary that they had found in the ark. Uh-huh. Uh, and if
0: somebody will please call in, or will give us a chance to talk about some of the stuff, and I got some stuff I want to talk about. 340 9585
2: If you're dialing long distance, it's 877 630 5757. So give us a call here on the Bible Live. Quiz show. Now, <laughs> I, while folks are not calling uh, right now, I've got my eye on the uh, phone line there. If it lights up, we'll be able to bring you on quite quickly. Give us a call, answer these questions, or maybe have your own comment or your own question about the scriptures. Uh, it doesn't really have to be focused on Genesis chapters 1 through 21. But that's where we're focused tonight, because that is uh in our Bible reading schedule as we read through the Bible in a year. those are the chapters we read this past week. But you may have a question from another part of the past of the Bible. However, I will tell you that most questions that you would ask about the Bible, whether uh specific or general questions, they're going to have some expression they're going to be related in some way to probably to these opening chapters of the book of Genesis because uh, the, this is where the stage is set. This is where the, uh, you might say, the table is set for for the entire uh, Bible. The basic principles of the biblical worldview are set and established here
0: in the book of Genesis. To some degree in these early chapters, right? Um, if you, if I may say this. You may. Okay. If you get started without knowing what the beginning of this whole story is, you will, I think, inevitably end up misinterpreting certain things that take place later in Genesis. I, I agree. I think so. And not only later in
2: Genesis, but on in deeper into the book, and even into the new the New Testament times as well. So uh-huh. these are very basic principles that will be laid out for. I us. think so. You need to understand them. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. Tell me a little bit more, if you don't mind, Jacob. while we're waiting, we had a call quickly, and. and uh, and there it is. Someone else calling in. But tell me a little bit quickly again about this book. Did the book that you're working on? My early understanding was it more of a
0: two-volume series. Were you well, going to do the Old and New well, Testaments? Or? No. What I'm doing is really the Gospels, and it's probably just come out the one volume. Okay. But uh, but uh, uh, example, it. Okay. Uh, example uh, in Matthew one one it says. Uh, Jesus, son of David, son of Abraham. Well, we know that Jesus is not the biological son of David, nor David, the biological son of Abraham. We know that. But this is Old Hebrew. And so if you go to verse 2, see merit in Jewish thought and Hebrew thought, merit gets passed down. Jews don't pass, they don't have the concept of passing sin down. They pass merit down. So anyway, but then you go to verse 2, it begins with Abraham. What that means is that the guy listed first in the previous verse, in that case, Jesus, was worthy to receive the blessings and uh, rewards of David and Abraham, even if they had not existed. And that's a syntactical way of saying it in Hebrew. That's why we got you on
2: board, friend, is give us those insights that the Hebrew come out of the Hebrew tradition, Hebrew language, Hebrew history, that insight that we need as God's people today. Well, there's our music. We're already past... Give us a call, three four 95 We'll be right back. This is at Loop 410 in Broadway has taken care of the dollar family that's Suzanne and me plus our three children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist.
4: Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it.
2: Go to DrShelton.com or call 590 78. Seventy-eight. Nature's Factor carpet cleaning expert, Shayla James. What makes Nature's Factor better than the older carpet cleaning process?
1: Older systems saturate your carpet, leaving your space unusable, sometimes for up to a day because of their long dry times, plus leaving you with the risk of fungus and the dangerous chemicals left in your carpet. With Nature's Factor, our quick dry time makes your home or office space usable almost immediately, while our green solutions eliminate the possibility of fungus and are perfectly safe for your children and pets.
2: Nature's Factor, carpet cleaning for the 21st century. 831-3535. And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors.
1: Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website, www.thebiblelive.com. Or mail your check for the Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888. That's P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218.
0: Elizabeth and I went to Express Lube,
1: and our experience was fabulous. We got in and out of there in literally 20 minutes. When we went to work and we had got our oil done before, it take us two hours. The service was very friendly. You can really trust them. They were super courteous. They vacuumed out the entire front of the car, which was surprising. I didn't expect to receive that kind of service, and their name is their game.
5: Express Lube is accurate for the name of their store.
2: And with 23 stores, there's an express lube near you. I want you to meet my friends at the Laptop Specialist, pioneers since 1982 in serving the military, business, and personal computing needs of our city. Our ministry depends a lot on our computers. And whether it's repairs, service, upgrades, or even the purchase of a new machine, the James family and their great staff keep our equipment working, freeing us to do what we're called to do. Go to thelaptopspecialist.net or call 344-4563. 344-4563 for their two locations. The Laptop Specialist.
5: This is Pastor John Hagee. Watching the evening news is often like reading straight out of the book of Revelation. That's why it's so very important for you, your family, and friends to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm pleased to present to you our broadcast, John Hagee Today. We'll share with you Bible-based preaching, prophetic updates, and intriguing interviews. That's John Hagee Today, weekdays at noon on 630 AM KSLR, The Word in South Texas.
4: The blood that Jesus shame for you.
1: Listening to the Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. It will never power, for it to the
4: highest
2: well, we are back. This is the Bible Live quiz show. Thank you for joining us. Jacob is here seated with me, having some great conversation about the book of genesis we hope that you'll join us in that conversation 3409585 is so easy to do as harold has shown us tonight showing us the way harold welcome to the program glad to hear your voice hello sophie dollar and hey jacob oh, oh hello harold <laughs> and you were going to say and jacob yeah am I on the air i don't know you, you are, are on I- the air
3: kiddo oh okay uh, yes, I heard your your comments about Genesis. Oh, and by the way, I just love that song, The uh, Highest Mountain. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, so how have you all been?
2: We are good. We are good to Doing go. Good?
3: We're good? Well, I'm going to get straight to the point. A lot of you stuff know, going on um, these days. The, uh, you know, I look at the Bible from Genesis to Exodus as the complete Bible, the complete Word of God. Uh, I don't have any really divisions or anything like that. Uh-huh. And so I was going to try to get you all to help me with tying two things together. Of, of course, in Genesis, we've all read from a child, Genesis 1, and God, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Uh-huh. Then it goes on, and God said, Let there be light. And there was light and God saw that it was good.
2: So you just you just answered the first question, what did God create on the first day of creation? That is light day and night. Thank you for doing that. (laughs) So keep
3: going. Okay, and it says and and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night and there was the evening and the morning was the first day. Now Mike my question is, there is another time and place in the Bible where it says, in the beginning. And this is what I'm really trying to focus on since I have both of y'all sitting right there now. Uh, John, the Gospel of John, Chapter yes. 1. Uh-huh. To me, if y'all can tell me if this ties in or is this a retelling, it says, John, Chapter 1. In the beginning, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life
2: was was the light
3: light of man. Isn't that interesting? Now, one more verse, please. Yes. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, is this a retelling of, Genesis 1-1, would you all want to tackle that for me, or do you have any ideas on that? Jacob
2: is one, he loves this tying together these passages, uh, Harold, as you know, so he's very, very good at that. I, I would have my take and understanding, but I'm more interested in what he would say, especially since this uh, Genesis, obviously, Hebrew book, Hebrew scriptures, hey, this fellow named John was a... Jewish man from the first century who had walked and lived with with uh, Jesus of Nazareth, and so here mm-hmm. we have this Jewish man. I'm sure he didn't use those words accidentally, right, Jacob? Would there would be? I would
0: think that accident would not be
2: on as a card. Okay.
0: So <laughs> I'm sure he
2: used those words in the beginning, and the whole idea
0: of light and life and so on. Uh can you Well i I know what you're talking about and John it says uh in the beginning was the word and was with God. Now I think I know a lot of people use the word logos and they think it's Greek. I don't I understand that's where we're getting that translation from. But I personally think that it has, not logos, but it would be the Hebrew word Darvim word. And what is that? That is what we would call the Torah. So I think what it literally, I really sincerely believe this. I don't think it's talking about Logos in Greek. It's Jewish. <laughs> I think he's saying, uh, look, the Torah itself was holy. It came from God. And then one day it became alive, and that's John fourteen yeah. The Torah became flesh. I think that's what it's saying. And we beheld the glory of the Father, exactly. full of grace. And truth. so, and, and I will tell you, what,
2: obviously in that text, mm-hmm. he's—I uh-huh. mean, he—he's talking about the word or uh, uh, Davim, uh, the, the word there. Mm-hmm. But the idea is clearly is even as Harold read it, mm-hmm. he quickly changes to a personal pronoun, he, he, he. Uh, I
0: don't—I don't think there's any doubt about that. He's saying, as I interpret it. And of course, I am an expert in my own opinion. <laughs> of course, uh, I do. Th- are I, I think he's saying, "Look, look the Torah actually became flesh." And I'll tell you an ancient Jewish understanding, and you're going to love Ooh. this because to me it ties in perfectly. That when God spoke, the world into being. And remember, in Genesis chapter one, it said, "He said, He said, He said." That takes place ten times. Till he gets to Adam, and then he doesn't speak him into being; he creates him out of uh, out of things he had things already, already created. Spoke, exactly. Created, yeah. Now, this is interesting. So when the old Jews used to interpret it this way, and I think John knew that, and I think that's what he's referring to. The Jews, the old Jews used to say, look, let's think of God talking like you and I talk. If he spoke into the being, words must come out of God's mouth, let's say. Okay. And when what makes us be able to hear each other and talk is breath. Coming out exactly the word. So he's see the word was with God because it was in his mouth, and the breath was inside because that's how you talk. So it was God, and so when I hear this, <laughs> I think your words before you speak, Soapy, are part of you when you speak them, and they leave your mouth by means of your breath and your word. Now they are out here, and I've heard them, and they're alive. Interesting. Well. Uh, it's a very good picture. Uh,
2: I'll have to digest a little bit what it means to me. Uh, Harold, what, what are you thinking as you hear that? Does that tie together those passages in any way that you were kind of referring to?
3: Well, I I knew automatically it would have to be something that I would have to really take in and, and study myself. And I knew it wouldn't be an easy adaptation. But I skipped over to verse 14 in John 1, 14, where it says, I believe Jacob brought it up, or maybe you did, so I don't remember. Uh-huh. It says, "And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us." Now, what is, you know, what is happening there? I do remember when Jacob had all this enthusiasm talking about Isaiah forty-six, forty-two, six, and thirty-five, eight, the highway of holiness. Uh-huh. So I was wondering if he had some of that kind of enthusiasm on on verse fourteen is there some kind of a hidden message there that we don't understand?
2: Well, I I'm not I not sure. Think. I'm not sure how hidden it would be, but you were talking to me off the air Jacob yeah. that uh this this whole idea, mm-hmm. this entire idea that we're talking about breath and so on, we could also take it you talked about uh the 11th created, you know, he says everything is good mm-hmm. and he uh he spoke things into existence until he came to the human being and then he didn't Make uh, Adam uh, and Eve out of, you know, he didn't speak them into existence, but he created their bodies out of things he had already, you know, dust, things he had already created. And then he breathed into them this whole, again, this idea of breath, of of air, the word, and, and it related to this idea of a spiritual, becoming a spiritual being and not just an animal the body are just an animal, like the yes. animals around it. So we were talking I'm, about that. Jacob can fill in a little mm-hmm. bit more of the details. Well, it.
0: I will say this: if you uh, if you look over at Genesis chapter two, verse seven, as Sophie well pointed out, uh, I said, chapter two, verse seven, it says, and, and in the English it says, "And Hashem, God formed." I'm sorry, uh, uh, God, the Lord God, I believe, how they do it in English, formed the man from dust. Actually, that's not what it says. It's got a Hebrew word in there that has another letter in it, a consonant that means double this word formed. So what if I read it literally, by the way, this happens to be in the book I'm working on, uh, but it says, he formed formed. So there's two kinds of forming going on. Now, what that means is... There's a whole
2: lot of forming going on there.
0: Yeah, so he formed, <laughs> form and what did he little, do? little kingfish He there, blew huh? into his nostrils the soul of life, or the spirit. So nostrils. So he, he took this animal that he had made, Adam, but he made him, creating from the dust, and he blew the spirit into him. Now, you're referring to John one fourteen. One fourteen, as you said, and the word I think it means diving, or basically the Torah, it became alive because for the Jew, the Torah has the same emotional attachment, same understanding, same holiness thought, and this is going to be a hard one for some for some folks that Jesus has for the Christian. It's to them, it's exactly the same thing because it is God Himself. And, and there so, we have
2: this uh, this. Union, uniting of those two ideas, yeah. perhaps in that very same
0: verse, and that's what, and what I understand it to be saying. Is John one fourteen said, as quoted by Harold, it says, um, "God or the Torah, the Word of God became flesh, and so it actually got up." and started walking around and did God's laws, God's teaching. It was teaching, and it became flesh. And as I take it, that is Jesus that became from God. That's the idea. Let, Harold, I'm going to jump wow, over you
3: so, so, so 14, just real quick, I don't know if you have another caller. Yeah, we do. It says the Word became flesh, mm-hmm. so that's God himself standing up and became flesh?
0: Uh, I think it's the Torah becoming flesh. That's what John the is four, saying. The he said? The Torah.
3: or oh, oh, the Torah. I'm sorry. Which yeah, is an expression of God's character
2: and in God's... Uh-huh.
3: Well, look, if you have another sure. caller, let me let you go because okay. I
0: want uh, you know...
2: Thank you. Ca- th- thanks for calling, Harold. Thank you, Harold, Alrighty, for thank- calling. We really appreciate it. Bob is calling in as well with an idea, a thought, or an opinion, or a question, or maybe an answer to some of our questions. Hi, Bob. How are you tonight? Hi. Can you hear me? I can hear you well, loud and clear. Thanks for joining us.
5: Okay. Uh I, I call in as Robert sometimes, but there are Wonderful. about five callers who call as Robert, <laughs> and I don't, I want to distinguish myself from them.
2: You are A, uh, a, a little bit. Yes.
5: Uh, but uh, I, I would answer uh, the the one on uh, the first Psalm. Uh, oh, good. We, we meditate on Torah uh, day and night. What it are people to Torah, meditate on? We, we meditate on that day and night. So exactly. We really, we really need to meditate on Messiah day and night as well. Uh,
2: Maybe that's, that's caught up in the I really answer,
5: appreciate Harold's, uh, yeah. uh, you know, extrapolation there. Uh, for we, we call it Bereshit. It's the, uh, in the beginning, and it has to do with the head. Uh, the, uh, the, such as Rosh Hashanah is the head of the year, but Bereshit is the, the, in the beginning of the, the creation or recreation of the earth. Uh, the, uh, it are uh, the the Hashanah. The, the and, uh, the sheen is, a uh, Rosh. Ro- 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 okay. Or bear Roshit. Uh-huh. Uh and, uh, uh but, uh, I think we, in, in Psalm 2, I think we, can, he, it says in John, uh, we can look at the second Psalm because it says in John in the beginning, he, he was with, uh, um, Elohim. He was with God. So, and then in Psalm two, it says against Yah and against his anointed. There's 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 two two beings there. So,
2: uh, uh, and it's interesting. I have a couple of questions from that Psalm in Psalm two, and they do they do relate to that. Why is Psalm two, uh, which celebrates the crowning of an Israelite king, why is Psalm two considered to be? Oh well, yeah, and that's and-
5: another interpretation that we're not talking about. See, anointed—that's that Hebrew word "mashah," uh, the Hebrew word "mashah" to smear with oil or to uh, anoint with oil, uh-huh. which you you mentioned as a kind of a kind of a, coarse translation from the Greek Christ
2: uh-huh.
5: or Christos, okay. but it's not really. That's uh, the Greeks really don't have the understanding uh, that way. But that was the word that was selected out of a. Uh, Maybe the least worst choice.
2: Is that the idea of to to, to to
5: translate, uh, uh to Messiah. Messiah or, or, or Mashah. Uh huh. Uh but Uh huh. But, you're right, anyway, so, so uh, two I has just, that. Uh, I feel, uh, the, the, the portion, the Torah portion from this week had talked about Isaac. And, uh, he, he, w- it said he was not to go down into Egypt and, and, uh, sure enough, his grandkids, found a way found their way down to Egypt and yeah. he, even his son found his way down to Egypt and all, nothing but bad things happened and I, I think because we don't do Torah because we don't practice it, that's why things like Paris and 9/11 happened because all these all these family issues happen because we didn't do Torah yeah. and and then all they went down sure enough he, he was told don't go down and and his kids went down to Egypt, and they became slaves for 400 years. They had a lot of trouble, and we're having a lot of trouble right now because we don't do Torah. Yeah, hey, Robert, the, we should be out. doing it. We should be doing the seventh day, which is also in Genesis uh, Bereshit, uh, chapter uh 2.
0: Hey, and, Ro- and, and, I, I don't know if you're Robert or Bob tonight. Which one do you I, prefer? I'm going to be Bob from now on. <laughs> okay. okay, so you're Bob. Okay, hey well not to put you on the spot, but since you're brought up, yeah, yeah, I, I
5: like to be put on the spot because I, I, I have it coming.
0: <laughs> oh, no, no, you don't. That's you deserve okay. it. Uh, but listen. <laughs> really,
5: I mean, I, I, I talk like I'm all self-righteous, and I, I'm, I'm really, uh, I, I'm guilty like everybody else.
2: We're just one beggar telling another beggar,
0: where well, we found a little food, right? That's that's where we come oh, from. Oh, man, that was touching. I like that, Sophie. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey, okay, Bob. Yes, sir. Oh, okay. Now, you mentioned barashit, which is correct. And, uh, and here's a little more technical thing, which I always think is interesting. And it is barashit, which means in, beginning. You're right. Uh, and you brought that up. Now, but that's made up of two Hebrew words. Do you know what two Hebrew words makes up that word barashit?
5: Uh, I'm having a rough time on the, on the connection. Uh-huh. What two Hebrew words make up what?
0: Uh, the word for in beginning in uh, beginning uh, yeah
5: I, well the the b at the start of it is kind of like a, a particle meaning uh, in
0: yeah in uh-huh. or in,
5: in uh-huh. the uh uh-huh. and then and then roche is the head and uh-huh. then the, okay. the ith I, I i kind of think maybe it's like in the beginnings uh, is it is it like a plural okay. ending here, this uh, is there the maybe another verb in there uh-huh. that i'm missing but well also here, the second word is barat, uh,
0: here it is the word is created but uh-huh. go ahead okay uh thank you <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. no, sorry about that. No, that's right. Listen, bara is creating. When you got the word, and it only occurs, and a couple of words later, when it says, "In the beginning, God created." Actually, the tense is wrong there. It's in "In the beginning, God creating." It's bara, and it's the word sheet. Creating six, you put it together, and you've got bar sheet. And, but it means in beginning. But it's really saying creating six. And so you put creating six together, and it becomes in Hebrew, as, uh, well, it's a hard language sometimes, but it becomes in beginning. But it's actually creating six. And then the question is, creating six what? And I would suggest... That my question, yeah. Six days. Makes and sense. And everything that goes through there, the Hebrew words are male and female. You see, uh, the heaven... Male, the earth, female. All the way down, it's male and female, male and female. And it gets down to human beings, and it's male and female. And all the animals, male and female. But it starts right from the right. He's creating six. And the reason, if I may say, when it starts right there... It starts the B, the B sound that you're talking about, Bob. You're right about that. And that is the second letter in the Hebrew alphabet. Why didn't it start off with the first Hebrew letter? And I'll bet you know that. I mean, you know what the sound is of the aleph, right?
5: Well, there's not much of a sound to it, but it's kind of a guttural, sort of a guttural force. You kind of hear it sometimes in uh, old-time in people who are trying to speak biblical Hebrew, or you hear, but, hear it in Arabic, but it's just kind of like a guttural. Uh, well, actually, it's a minimal, I, it's it's in, a minimal sound, but yeah. can't really be. Well, actually, in the, Hebrew, English.
0: And it's, uh, in the Hebrew, it looks like a backwards N, and that's Aleph, an mm-hmm. but it really doesn't have a sound. Is it just mm-hmm. a breath? It doesn't have anything. Now, that's unusual, and, and that may it's really to,
5: its It's really a cessation of sound. Because uh, as the as the wind is passed through the the uh, past the vocal cords, when the aleph comes, you pass no wind through the vocal cords, so it's a silence. Uh,
0: okay, and, and what uh, that's about is, if I may suggest, the reason that's what you might call if you draw a line on one side before the line, there was nothing in the physical world, and as that sound is silent in the Hebrew alphabet, and it crosses that little barrier, that little line. From, the say, the spiritual, mystical, whatever you want to call it, into the physical, the first sound you hear is the second letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and that is like, as you said, it's a B sound, so barashit. Now, what's interesting about that word bara, if you take the first letter there, the B sound, or V, actually, and you go back to the last letter in Deuteronomy, you have a a lament. Uh, an L, it's an L sound. Mm-hmm. Those two letters put together is Lev, and Lev in Hebrew is heart. heart. So mm-hmm. what it's saying is, when it tells you put these words in my, in your heart, it literally means it.
5: Yeah, and and, and Moshe said to circumcise our hearts, uh, in a couple of locations there in Torah. Um, but uh, as I go, and, and I want to let other callers get in. Too. Uh I would uh, Sophie occasionally mentioned it mentions Israel who is Israel Israel are those who keep the seventh day Shabbat so you can self-identify as Israel by resting on Shabbat but you also have to work the other six days and if the <laughs> Sabbath is done away with I need to go to get my Lone Star card so I can just go on welfare
2: <laughs> there you go thank you Bob That's a thank great you, comment. thank you Bob so you really are. thanks so for the coming world. in appreciate it Wonderful insights, great humor, a little, uh, and I think we have to keep a little bit of humor about these things. If not, our eyes are going to glaze over and roll back because of all of this in-depth Hebrew linguistic lessons yeah, we But getting. you know
0: what? It is, to me, it's, they always, are important. it, it well, it's fascinating mm-hmm. that you take two words like creating six, put together some beginning, so you could read it like this. In beginning, creating six, and then you realize six, it's six days. And then things start making sense. And actually, the only two places that that word would appear in the word, the verb form creating, is in the first line in Genesis. When it says, and I know they translate it in the beginning, God created, but it's actually, at the tense is creating. How about that?
2: And are you saying that when you were talking about the creating six? Uh-huh. We, we were referencing the first
0: chapters, the opening verses of of the Gospel of John, right? Yes, because uh, John says, as Harold brought up, it says, In the beginning the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Now think about the old ancient Hebrew meaning, mm-hmm. that the words were in God's mouth, mm-hmm. that the breath, which is the same as spirit, you had to be used to make the words come out. So it was God, and it was with God. It was in in Him. It was part of Him. Mm-hmm. And so I, I interpret it that way, and mm-hmm. I do it. I'm assuming John being a Jew. It makes Jew, sense to
2: me, the idea of Torah, uh, uh, yeah. the,
0: the,
2: and the idea that in verse 14, the Word took on flesh, yeah. and we beheld the glory, right. uh, His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. I mean, yeah. it's to me, there's a real beautiful tie-in there. Uh, but it also let's go back to basics in the book of Genesis, and just a few minutes left before our top of the hour break, if you'd like to give us a call though the phone lines are open three four zero ninety five eighty five that's the local line you can join Harold and uh, Bob, others that might call ladies, it's for you as well, we'd love to hear from some of our uh female listeners tonight as well. your insights and your perspective. these opening chapters of the book of Genesis. And we're talking about how this lays the foundation, the groundwork, for the biblical worldview that we'll see carried out now over a period of fourteen, fifteen hundred 1,500 years, 40 different authors, all these different books of the Bible, 66. We're going to see this same basic worldview, this understanding of human existence and human life is going to be carried on now from the book of Genesis as we see it established. We're going to see it carried out and, and continue uh, it's to it, express it, it out throughout the uh, the sacred history that we have in in the, in the Bible we see that worldview continually consistently carried out um, th- take us back to that opening chapters jacob i i, I think that's one reason th- th- what is it that's basic in this that we can take away one is that the, the, the human beings have the elements of both animal in our physical expression, our physical bodies in life, but right. we also had this unique spiritual dimension of our life. Uh, and, and people might ask, "What does it
0: mean that we became a spirit, a spiritual being?" Well, I- exactly. And in the Old Hebrew, and then uh, that God, as it says in second chapter of Genesis, verse seven, it said He blew in Adam's mouth, mm-hmm. and uh, and so. Uh, no, I'm sorry, and so. That was in in Hebrew. The word breath and the word spirit are the same word. It's actually the same word except for one vowel difference. But in Hebrew, originally, you really, you don't use the vowels, so it's the same word without the vowel. There's only one vowel. One's in the shama, one's in the shema. Same word. So he did that. So he took this creature because he created. And if I may suggest, the uh, he, the free will that we're always talking about. Uh-huh. You. You can't go beyond what God created and gave you your fence, your limits of free will. So he created the free will. What is that free will? I'm going to suggest that when he created all the things up to, including an animal, he said, I grew animals. Then after the animal, he shaped and created this other animal, if you will, Adam and Eve. And he put his spirit in them. So now they're an animal and they're spiritual. This is a concept that's pretty well known in the Christian world, I would think, about Jesus being both physical and spiritual.
2: And it's also about us as human beings, both... Being both physical and as exactly. well as spiritual being, let's talk a little bit about what that means to be a spiritual being. Well, and We've we... got about ten seconds. We've got a okay. break right now, but come on back with us, folks, and we'll talk about what it means that we are spiritual beings. 9585 zero ninety five eighty five. Don't go away. Never. Sl-
5: is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
2: And we are back. Our final segment of the Bible Live quiz show. You're welcome to join us, 340-9585. If you'd like to tune in or, or call in and and um, share with us some insight, some question, or maybe answer some of the questions that we put out on the airwaves for you tonight on the quiz show. We'd love to hear from you, 340-9585. Don't hesitate. Give us that call right now. And let's go back to that theme we were touching on about this idea uh, from the book of Genesis. That's our focus this evening, chapters 1 through 21. We're not really getting much past the chapters one and two and three, the the initial creative act, but that's all right. Well, it uh, was a very important segment of the passage. And Jacob, you were just explaining about this idea of uh, God breathing into the animal, uh, man. Uh, the 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 body is an animal, the the body a natural uh, physical mm-hmm. expression that we have. But then there was this special thing of breathing the spirit into his nostrils. He became a living spirit. And and we were talking about what does that actually mean in the end? What what difference did that make mm-hmm. between Adam and Eve and the the animals, uh, the animal kingdom around them? What what does that breathing into the mind? And I think we have I, I generally, I think there's a generally accepted Christian understanding, or that we've gotten, of course, we've gotten from uh, scripture. But I'd like to hear uh, as well. What is that the Hebrew understanding of? ...of our becoming uh,
0: uh,
2: a spiritual
0: being. Well, you know, mean? I can marry two cocker spaniels. They will not respect the vows. They don't care about who eats first. They want to eat first. Everything's about being an animal. So your free will is limited to what was created. And God is saying, as I understand in this traditional thought, is your free will is you get to choose do you want to be an animal or do you want to be a spiritual being. That's why... This portion ends from 1-1 into 6-8 is actually the last verse of 6-8. 6-9 would start a new portion. So remember the chapters and verses, of course, we're at the end. Yes,
2: and that chapter 6 actually starts off with the bang. And it
0: starts off with this. And if I may, may I just go with a verse? This, listen closely what it says. It says 6-1, And it came to pass when... Adam, or man, became to increase on the face of the earth. The daughters were born to them. The sons of whoever saw the daughters of man were good, and they took them. Now listen to this. Verse 3. And God said, now listen closely, My spirit shall not contend any more with man since he is flesh. He's making the distinction that he created back in the beginning. He took this animal and put the spirit in him. And now he's saying, look, I'm letting an animal have the spirit. I don't put my spirit in a dog or a giraffe or a monkey. If you choose to be an animal, that's your choice. And I'd like to point this out. That, oh, uh, in, uh, uh, actually, in six, uh, oh, gosh, what is it? Uh, Let me see here. Um, Six
2: uh, well, well you, while you find it, yeah. give me a second to yeah. – what we see then, then is in starting there in Chapter 6, mm-hmm. it, it, what was begun in the opening chapters of Genesis is that the human race begins to divide into these two segments, These those who love God and desire God and wh- the, the spiritual nature is important to them and the spiritual reality, the relationship with God and, and obeying God and righteousness. Uh-huh. And then you have this other group that that eliminates and ignores that dimension, the spiritual dimension, Right, and they they go on to live in the flesh and become uh-huh. more animal-like Absolutely. in their expressions. And, li- and so we see
0: the, the human race being divided slowly yeah. between those two uh-huh. general tendencies. There you go. And look at and 6.13 says, God said to Noah, the end of flesh. Animal has come. And if that's not enough, let's go back and look at 6-7. Look at 6-7. And listen closely to this. 6-7, it says, And God said, I will blot out man, Adam, from, uh, from, uh, that I created from the face of the earth. Now listen closely. From man to animal. That is not the order of creation. It went from animal to man. So what's happened is the human beings, these human beings, have decided to go backwards from man to animal. And that's why I'm bringing this flesh to an end because I'm not letting animals that have no morals, no ethics, they're totally selfish. That's all they care about. They're not acting like a human being. They're not acting like a spiritual being. They're going backwards. As it says right there, it goes from man to animal. Oh, it, that's the choice.
2: There is so much in that. But let's go quickly and talk to another of our listeners calling in. Uh, another uh, of our men, our male listeners, ladies, we welcome you to join us as well. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. But Michael is calling in tonight. We'd like to hear what's on your mind, Mike. Good to hear from you.
4: Hi, right, so it'll be good to hear from you too. And Jacob, welcome back. I'm so glad to hear you both together. You're just terrific together. Please stay together as long as possible. Anyway, I have this theory about when God formed man from the dust of the earth, he breathed into him the spirit of life and a man became a living soul. I read that in a version, in a version. And so when a man dies, the body goes back to the dust, the spirit goes back to God who gave it, and the living soul then stands trial. It is, it is Define one for a man to die, and, and the judgment. And so, I know animals can sometimes kind of it, but they don't have souls. Anyway, that's my theory.
2: Excellent. I, I think we all try to work with that, Mike. Through the years, I know as a young believer, early on, I began to pick up on these this this aspects of human existence, and and we do come out with uh, these ideas of the, there is a body, a physical element there is a spiritual element that we can try to define and get an hand. that's kind of what we've been talking about and then this idea of the soulish dimension what does each of those mean and of course uh in the new testament and i think it's is it 1st Thessalonians chapter 5 where paul talks about uh, pray god's blessings that you'll be whole and complete and blessed in body soul and spirit he mentions that finally kind of in a formulaic way that that that's the holistic view of man, that we're body, that there's a oh, soul. Where, 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 where was that? Uh, it's 1 uh, Thessalonians, First
0: chapter Thessalonians. 5.
2: Cha- I believe it is. Let me just quickly check on it. Um, I'm, I'm coming to it. It says chapter 3. Let me make sure I got the right. I think it's 518. Let me. I'm closing in on it here. uh uh, do, 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 do. Now, be, verse uh, 23, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. God will make this happen, for he who calls you is faithful. Uh, there's that, that that aspect. That's one of the few times we see the three dimensions all mentioned in one phrase, body, soul, and spirit. And uh, of course, we all try to figure out what what does that actually really mean. And I think what we're saying tonight—if Jacob will chime in and correct me if I'm wrong—the spiritual dimension is that essential, that essential you, that soapy dollar, Michael, uh, that essential one that identifies each of us by that that will, that free will. We we have that ability to decide uh, if we are going to. You know honor God, love God, work with god, and then and then also brings up other decisions that about our life, and we determine who we are by the decision that we make about our life and about the priorities we give to uh, different areas of
0: life. now and, the soulless division may be something uh, something yeah. a, a nuance of that i 'm not sure for what I've, and what i 've found fascinating since. That portion, you know what we call Genesis 1-1 to 6-8, uh, that, uh, but that's really a portion of parasha in the, the Hebrew, and that's intended to all be read at one time. So what you've got is you've got man being created, both animal and spiritual, uh-huh. and then in 6, you've got the Spirit, and it's making a clear distinction. My spirit won't dwell with you, and I'm going to destroy flesh. So... You've got it being created, and then it being the spirit being taken back, and then the
2: flesh. Mm, and and is they gone. lose. You know, C.S. Lewis, Michael. If you, I don't know if you happen to have read his. Um, well, there's a couple of places he addresses this idea in some of his books. Uh, and now, these are. Uh, he probably addresses it in some of his more uh, theological or doctrinal type books. Uh, uh, he probably addresses it more straightforward, but in some of his fictional works, he addresses this by, uh, for example, in the in the Chronicles of Narnia, notice that the animals are talking animals; they have spirit, they have identity, they have their personalities. They're they're spiritual beings who make decisions about how they're going to relate to Aslan and so on. And and then there, there's this idea that once they become so. Uh, so corrupted and so evil that they lose that sense of personhood they become they lose that talking they become non talking animals so he, he it 's kind of a part of that story is how speech uh, comes to represent the idea of of a talking okay. uh, of a person instead of a just a, an animal and of course, and when you read the science fiction series. Uh, out of the Silent Planet and Voyage to Venus, Voyage to Paralandra, and uh, the the, uh, the his final work, science fiction, The Hideous Strength, you'll see that he goes, uh, the, the unman, this wicked human being, Professor Weston, that goes to this other planet and, and tempts the Adam and Eve of that planet, he, he is a human being who actually finds a way to go to that planet, and he is used by the enemy, by Satan, to be the tempter, for that new creation, that new race of beings on this other planet. Very interesting storyline. But he is called the Unman because he's given himself so much over to evil and wickedness that he loses his uh, uh, identity as man. He becomes mainly mainly just purely evil, uh, animal-like, uh, wholly and totally given over to his own desires and his own uh, what he wants. So, he, And the term that's used in the book is the Unman. He's... He's lost. He's lost that gift of personhood because of his own free will, following not following after God. He gives himself over to selfishness and, and wickedness, and, and it's very interesting. Uh, L- Lewis brings that in that in those pictures. He he's talking about the things that we are talking about tonight. About seems like he has pretty good
0: grasp of the first six chapters.
2: It sounds like he did have a, a, a an understanding there at least, mm-hmm. and, he, and he brings out in his fictional works. For sure. Uh, thanks, Michael. I appreciate your thought on that. Is there anything else you want to add, or we jump no, on? No,
4: I've, the... I've, I've got an observation about one of the 12 sons of ja- of, uh, of Jacob, but I will wait uh, for, for that to come up in the reading. I, uh, thank you so much for being together. I, I, I just love uh, when Jacob is there, and it just seem to. Um, uh, are so good with one another that I, I just lo- love it when you're together.
2: I- thank you, brother. Yeah, thank you. Well, we enjoy it too. I, I, I I'm getting where I can stand being around him. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you can give us a call as well. We've got a few minutes left in the program. If you have a thought. Uh, an opinion, maybe an insight that you want to share with us tonight, just like Harold did, like Bob did, like Mike did. Give us a call. we especially invite some of our female listeners tonight. We don't need to hear from the women folk uh you know, Eve was in this thing as well, and we're not just talking about Adam, so let's uh hear from you as well three four zero ninety five eighty five three forty ninety five eighty five that's the line you would call in for the Bible live quiz show, and we're talking about the opening chapters, uh, the opening book of the Bible, the opening chapters, 1 through 21. Now, we've been talking more about the creative act, about Adam and Eve and the garden and what it meant to be a human being, this idea that, that we, God breathed into man and became a living spirit uh, with that with that free will, that ability to make decisions about whether we're going to be good or evil. Some, we opened up the program tonight. John had a question about... Uh, someone, he had, someone on Facebook had said, well, why would you pray to a God? You know, someone was saying, let's pray for Paris. Pray for the people there that that have been killed and, and slaughtered in the terroristic acts and so on. And, and someone said, well, why would you pray to a God who would allow something like that to happen? And that is exactly the whole point of this is that uh, free will opens a door for both expressions. The same free will that allows for example, a, a Mother Teresa, or some person that we, some tremendous acts of, of heroism, acts of self-sacrifice, of generosity, of goodness. The same free will that allows that, on the other hand, allows for wickedness as well. It's like fire. Fire is a wonderful gift. It can heat uh, our homes. It can cook our food. Uh, fire can ac- provide energy for us in our uh, in our machines and work that we do, and so on through the steam engine, and that sort of thing. So fire is a wonderful thing, but fire can also be used by an arsonist to destroy, to kill, to murder, and so th- it's the free will of man that is actually uh, that that two-edged sword that you oh, might say.
0: Could we bring up one thing about Hamas? I don't see why not. Okay, six eleven of uh, Genesis six eleven. You may read it. I've got it. Right yeah, here. sure, please.
2: Genesis chapter six verse eleven. It says, "Now God saw that the earth had become corrupt." And was filled with violence. God said to Noah, "God observed all this corruption in the world; for everyone on earth was corrupt." So remember that division we talked about that we saw happen in chapter two, as the human race expands and multiplies. They're divided into this these two uh, general tendencies: those the people of God who will follow after God and love God and honor God, and those who would ignore and reject that God, and that the whole human race begins to be divided into those two camps till finally at this point in chapter 6 the camp of, of wickedness the camp of those who had ignored god and rejected god they have really come to almost almost a total domination of the human life only one man and his wife and 3 His three children, only a small family of eight was left that believed in God and worshiped God. And that's what we start picking up on in the Genesis chapter
0: 6. Yeah, and the word uh, corrupt, that's in that sentence. And combined with the word, I believe, in your translation says violence, some will have the word robbery. Uh But that, believe it or not, this is such an unusual circumstance because that word in the Hebrew is actually the word Hamas
2: let me go to it says so god said to noah i have decided to destroy all living creatures for they have filled the earth with violence yes i will wipe them all out from among uh, along with the earth itself
0: is that Is that, that six that, eleven? That that's
2: six thirteen. oh i'm sorry i, I had read 11 oh. 12 and 13 all together oh, okay
0: yeah, so but I think it's fascinating. Now I know Hamas has a different kind of meaning in the Arab world, but the Hamas is a rare word for the. So that's in this text that we that's just. That's actually in the text, yeah. And is it the word for corruption? It's corrupt, but it's more than a corrupt. It's with malice and foresight and deprecation of absolutely everything bad that can be done. He summarizes in the word terrorism, right? To some uh, yes, you could do that, and but it's what's fascinating to me is it actually here's the word Hamas, and it talks about how it's not just robbery, but it's robbery where you steal everything from anybody else. And it's actually the word, and I th- always thought it was fascinating, it's a word Hamas. Yeah, I wonder why they would choose that word. I, 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 it may have been uh a little trap
2: that God laid for them, (laughs) a little linguistic trap that God laid centuries ago. I'm sure they didn't have that in mind when they named themselves Hamas. No,
0: and I think they probably have a little, uh, I understand, a little different meaning in the uh, Arabic language, I guess. But what I always find fascinating is, and this helps me conceptually come to an understanding of what everybody's been talking about. Harold brought it up about the word and uh, then uh, there was Her- uh, then Bob, and then, of course, Mike. And for me, it conceptualizes for me that I understand that if I'm being told what I understand is that um, God created everything, and he even created animals. Then he took an animal, man, and he put his spirit on it. He said, okay, now you have free will, you have choice. You get to choose to live like an animal, or you get to choose. See, an
2: animal can't be good or evil. Right, right. It, just, it just that's right. by It alone. just acts um, but a like man an animal. Exactly, can be a good person, and that a good man, spirit comes. Looking.
0: That spirit comes from God, and that's how you get to be a moral, decent person. And then you get all the way to the end of this portion, this parasha, which ends in chapter six, eight, and it's telling you, God says, "I'm taking my spirit because they've chosen to be an animal, flesh." And except for Noah. So the message is, choose to live like a spiritual being, like God. He put a spirit in you. So you have free will to the extent that you can choose to be an animal or you can choose to be a spiritual being. And that's why that portion starts with the creation and ends with the destruction. And the only people that come out of this is Noah. Yeah. And, Isn't and, that fascinating? And we begin again
2: with the same mandate, you know, to, uh, spread multiply fill the earth and we we come with the same mandate's going to continue in force but a new function a new dynamic comes in after chapter six seven uh, chapter 11 of course with the flood and the uh, i'm sorry with the flood in chapters six through what 10 uh chapter seven i believe is the flood if i remember correctly then you come to the same mandate to be good to follow god to walk with god and but he puts in place they don't do it And it leads them to this uh, second place of of judgment, in a way, Mm -hmm. the Tower of Babel that we read about in Chapter 11. Uh Uh, But God does something there. Instead of destroying all of humanity in his creation at that point, he puts in force a – he divides people into people groups. Instead of marching in lockstep as a whole mass mob, he had had told them to spread out and multiply and diversify, but they didn't do it. They all stayed together intentionally, and they walked in mob lockstep to evil and wickedness and he brought them you know this judgment on the earth the flood but then they did the same thing but in this case god confuses their languages and he divides the human race mm-hmm. into competing people groups and that the, the people groups and cultures and societies and language groups they are a gift from god you on know, the one hand they are That's a great
0: point you're bringing up.
2: On one hand they help be a safeguard against this lockstep so they allow the, the human race to exist longer right. without going to yeah. destruction. Yeah. But at the same time, they, you know, we we, you know, a Hamas rises up, but people and he, the Nazis <laughs> yeah, rose up. That's what I get. But out then of there this. are other people groups who can reject and re- respond against uh-huh. them, not necessarily because they're good. Maybe they're just com- like Stalin and Hitler both, but they. That allowed a little bit of a tempering or a mitigating influence on the, the sin nature that had been released into humanity. Mm-hmm. And so it allows the human race to continue as the good news of God's gospel and forgiveness and cleansing. And, and His he, he, the, the whole idea of redemption is able to take place as well in saving people. So we have those two forces at work. Today as well, in in human in 7.2 human beings on planet Earth,
0: <laughs> that same dynamic is going on today. You know, world. since you brought up Babylon, okay. may, may I read a sentence to you? Yes. It's in part of the thing we're doing today. I didn't actually bring up Babylon. I brought up Babel, but is that the same thing? Yeah, yeah. The Tower of, of yeah, Babylon. Yeah, same okay, thing. So it's in 11, verse 7. Okay. It says, Come, let us descend, God's talking, and let's confuse their languages. Let us. We should not understand. So they should now, who not. Who's God us- talking to there? Is He talking to the angels, or is this an well, internal it depends, conversation it depends, between them? It's a Jewish thought or a Christian thought, anyone, But what I want to point out is the word He says, "Let us descend." Do you, Where is that? What that's us, eleven seven. Okay. And but and I don't know how it would translate. Let's go down. It says, "Yeah, go down." Can I change the word and suggest the word "visit"? Okay. Aha! Now what have we got? It comes from the Ten Commandments that comes up much later when it says, and I know there are different religious points of view, but I'm going to suggest something a little different here. Why not? When it says, in the command, uh, says, I visit the sin of the fathers upon the children. The Jewish idea is, is not that they take sin from a guy that's corrupt and put on a little innocent child. That would be a very strange God. What he's saying is, I visit the sin itself. I look to see whose sin is it. Is it the father's or is it the little child's? And if it's the father's, I don't hold the child liable for that. I hold the father liable for that. He visits the sin, and one of the examples that you've got here is, and it's actually the same kind of Hebrew word here. Let's go down and and let's go down. Let's visit the sin. Uh So he goes and looks at the sin. In other words, he's so fair, he's so honest, he's so kind, he says, I'm going to look at this sin. See, whose sin is this? Was this some children that didn't know any better? That's why in the Ten Commandments, he says, I I understand it to the third and fourth generation. I let that sin breed out. Uh Uh-huh. But it's not, I don't hold it against the innocent child or even the adult that was taught wrong. That's all he knows. I visit that sin. I determine who caused that sin. Yeah. yeah. And say and here it goes throughout Genesis and Exodus. He keeps visiting. He visits where? Sodom and Gomorrah. He goes back to look and say, Whose sin is this? I hold the guy that's guilty responsible and taught somebody else to do it. So when
2: God says let's go down, let's go down uh-huh. to yeah. the 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 idea there, let's visit
0: the exactly. situation uh-huh. How about that? That's and that's it. actually what it means in the Ten Commandments. Uh, if a guy, if God, the Jew, Jews don't have the idea that God takes sin from an adult and put it on an innocent child. Excellent. Wonderful.
2: Yeah, that, that's a deep topic. And it's got a couple of other little, maybe when we come to that particular passage like that, we can talk about it more in depth as well. But we see that same force in action today. Uh, this major thing happened with the Tower of Babel and the confusing of languages because that was a means by which God sort of put in a, a a built-in break, a mitigating factor on the sin nature that had been released into humanity. And now we still make that same decision they made in Genesis. Are we going to be the people of God? Are we going to give rein to our egos and our the selfishness and to our animal nature? nature. See you next week, folks, culture. here on the Bible Live brought to Quiz you Show. By Bye-bye. Military ministry. Mailing
4: address is P.O. Box
1: 18888. That's box 18888. San Antonio, Texas 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on the Bible Live weeknights at 9:30 on this great station. Then join Sophie every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun inspiration and valuable prizes on the, the Bible Live Quiz Live! show. Visit our website Biblelive.com. That's Biblelive.com for more information about Soapy and the Bible Live broadcast. You also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help clean military minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every
4: year to America and the world.